Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, a place where we teach you how to move from stagnant to growing, from ordinary to extraordinary. We believe that together we do better, and we want to provide you with resources and insight to help you grow in all areas of your life, from spirituality to personal development to business tips and relationships. So join us and let's up level together. This is one of the most intriguing interviews I have ever done. I am excited to share with you Portia Richardson. She's a self-proclaimed witch who talks about what that means, and you will see why I'm triggered by that word, and she's a teacher and a healer. She is such an incredible presence in our community, addressing trauma, healing crises, and why we all feel the effects of chaos all around us. We also talk about racism, feminism, why we have to feel it to heal it, and the most incredible explanation for why we are triggered by some people. Lastly, we discuss how to honor our bodies and thank them for what they're telling us versus punishing them. Incredible, incredible conversations. So here's Portia. For those of you watching, I have watched Portia for a good couple of years and been fascinated. I think I've been in the in the midst of full full on motherhood. And Portia took me on a journey I didn't expect. It was a journey of full self-expression, a journey of trusting yourself, of uh, questioning the status quo, so much more. So we will link details for how to find her and follow her, and I promise that she's going to make a significant impact on all of you um, as well. But we are going to be talking about business and healing and authenticity and maybe some other stuff that comes up that I'm so excited about. So. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to, to do this. Thank you. I'm such, yeah. such, such a fan. <laughs> You're a total girl crush here. Yeah. So, tell us who you are. Mm. Um, well, thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to speak um, to your, uh, your community. Uh, who am I? Um, wow, big question. I... Uh, I, I'm a lot of things, right? Um, so like not in, in, outside of my professional life, um, I'm a creative person, I'm a musician, I'm a gardener, I'm a mom, I'm a partner, um, I'm a witch. Um, you know, in my professional life, I'm also a witch. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm a healer, we can talk about what that means. Um, I'm a teacher. I, I like to kind of hold the energy of being a guide um, and, a, and an activating force, uh, you know, a clear mirror for other people who are um, starting to walk a path of um, kind of a spiritual path of self-discovery, a path of reclamation ancestrally. Um, you know, I, I like to, I don't think of myself as an expert in any one thing um, as much as I would love to like know everything. Uh, and have like little hints of perfectionism that pop up for me. Um, but I, I feel more like my happy place is being more of a synthesizer. I love, I have very broad interests. I love lots of different kind of realms. Um, and I, you know, the, the kind of sweet spot is when I can see um, deeper truths emerging out of different ways of knowing. So whether it's spiritual practice or science or, um, you know, you name it. Uh, I'm really interested in sinking down 
kind of down below the surface. So I have to ask, what is being, what, what, do, you, what do you mean by being a witch? Mm -hmm. I have to ask. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, you know, the, the word witch is a very loaded word, right? So people are going to have a different association uh, with that, and it can really range, you know. Um, for me, like I, I used to, you know, a couple years ago, I was playing with the word um, shaman and shamanism. Uh, and that word just doesn't really quite fit for me. It doesn't really, it's not really in resonance with, with who I am. Um, you know, it can be a little bit loaded with, you know, cultural appropriation tends to be um, kind of the sticky point with people who, um, especially, you know, white Western people who are walking a path of shamanism or neo-shamanism, there's some problems that they can, you know, get into, a slippery slope there. Um, now, that is, there's lots of people who are practicing shamanism um, in a really authentic way, uh, can be done. Um, and, and for me, the word witch uh, has a, a similar, um, is pointing to a similar uh, direction uh, or way of uh, a framework, a way of viewing the world and working with the world. Um, but it's a little bit different. So. Uh, you know, on the on the loaded end of what which means, you know, uh, especially as someone who comes from you know uh, European descent, kind of Western Northern European descent, um, you know, for uh, you know, there's like two thousand years of suppression of kind of my ancestors having any kind of connection, animistic connection to the earth, mm -hmm. um, you know, having healthy ways of relating to other than human beings. Um, healthy ways of relating to each other. Um, a lot of the ethnic practices were lost with the Roman Empire and you know all everything that played out after that. Um, you know, the Age of Enlightenment was kind of preceded, pre um, predated by um, you know the Burning Times, which was essentially a, a femicide where you know some some towns in Europe lost all of their women, um, and these women were. Uh, murdered for um, not only being healers and having kind of healing abilities, be it like a midwife or herbalism, but also owning land, you know, having political power, um, you know, practicing kind of ethnic, uh, you know, closer to the earth spiritual practices, quote unquote pagan practices, right? And they were called witches. Right. Well, you know, there's different, um, depending on what language was being spoken, there's lots of different words that were used. Um, the word witch actually linguistically, people argue kind of a little bit about like the linguistic roots of the word witch. Um, you know, the, the, uh, there's a modern religion called Wicca, which a lot of people will say, oh, you're a witch, are you Wiccan? Um, I appreciate a lot of Wiccan teachings um, and, and resonate a lot with Wiccan teachings, which is kind of like a revival, it's like an earth-based spiritual, spirituality kind of revival. Um, and Wicca is, um, you know, an, an older version of the word witch that has, um, you know, a lot of people associate that with the Proto-European, Proto-Indo-European root word W-Y-S, which means wise or wise person. So a lot of people will say, well, the, the root word of witch is a wise person or a wise woman. Um, Yes, yes, um, and um, there's another, W-Y is another root word that actually um, 
means to twist or bend, mm -hmm. and it shares, um, it became uh, W-I-C, or wick, which turned into the word wicked, which, you know, or twisted. Oh, right. um, and the idea here is to be able to twist or bend reality with our intention. So it has a lot more of kind of a quantum, uh, a quantum feel to it, being able to, um, you know, uh, manipulate uh, our external world with our intentions, our thoughts, our emotions. You know, um, and, and this is talked about in popular culture. I mean, the, the you know, uh, positive psychology. You know, I mean, that's witchcraft. It's like just so everybody knows. <laughs> you know, um, I, so I, then I'm a witch too. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. So it's kind of like reclaiming the word, really, and, and right. you know, redefining what, uh, what, what the word is, claiming it your own, making it your own. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like um, there's so many people right now um, that are rising into a greater sense of purpose in the world. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, um, you know, feminine identified people, but not entirely. Um, you know that are that are stepping into greater uh, levels of power, and a lot of that power is coming into this awareness that um, I have the power to affect the greater collective. Yes, you do. Um, and so, you know, my witchcraft is really based in like an ancestral reclamation process, um, and also really informed by a lot of cutting edge science, like around um, you know the study of consciousness, the parapsychology world, um, you know, quantum. Theory. Uh, that's just a different language that really points at a lot of, um, you know, what was traditionally uh, understood. You know, uh, traditional peoples all around the world. Uh, there might be different cultural bells and whistles, and different mythologies, and different ways of holding common truths. But you know, people who are really close to the land and in right relationship with the forces of nature. Which, you know, side note, it's a little bit of a problematic split that we even say, you know, there's nature out there. You know, this is nature. We're animals. We're in nature right now. Um, but people who live in a, in a closer way of relating to the earth and the, the natural forces of the world, um, you know, know this to be true. Know that um, that while there is a lot of mystery in the world. Um, we aren't powerless, you know. We aren't powerless as individuals, and we are not powerless as a, as a collective. Um, we have willpower, um, and what is, uh, you know, all the great mystic traditions point at, you know, what's true inside that gets projected outward. Um, you know, I want to put an asterisk on that because uh, I think that there's a lot of people in kind of the new age spirituality, kind of spiritual wellness industry, especially a lot of um, modern Western people, a lot of white people, like white spiritual seekers that have kind of the, um, you create your own reality, uh, you know, hashtag or whatever. Um, and it's, there's a, there's a little nuance there, like, you know, yes, I believe that to be true, and, um, you know, we're all up against kind of different patterns that we're trying to break through. And some of those are held individually, but a lot of those are held collectively. You know, so as a white woman in this body at this time, you know, me creating my own reality, um, you know, is going to have different uh, challenges and also privileges than some, you know, than a black woman in our culture right now, right? Um, uh, 
So you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a nuance that I think is important when we're making like blanket, blanket statements about like creating our own reality. So by creating my own reality, really focusing on my little world, what I really want to do is it's an extension of making an impact and changing the reality of the, the community and not being blind to what is happening in, in the world. That your, how you show up has a direct effect on, on everything else. Right, right. We're so deeply interconnected. This, you know, the sense of like individualism is, uh, you know, there, where is that boundary between I and you? You know, really, um, you know, when we really look at that, it, there is no boundary there. Um, so, uh, you know, everything is really, really interconnected. Every every thought that I have, every action that I take, does impact the greater whole. Um, to the extent which with impacts, you know, that really varies, and a lot of that is unseen. You know, sometimes we don't know like what our effect is. Um, you know, like chaos theory is kind of that. You know, the butterfly flaps its wings, and then like you know, around the world there's a you know a big storm, right? Kind of ripples out. Yeah. Um, so. But that's you know, I, I want to follow this train of thought if you don't if you don't mind. It's you know one of the things that I've seen you do is really get very loud about. The issues that one will say, you know, are not your issues, and yet the impact that you are that you are having. Why is it that it's easier for so many of us to just turn a blind eye or um, reject that notion or turn away instead of doing something about it? Mm -hmm. um, so as I as I listen to you, for me, kind of the the, the issues that come up for me that I am. Feeling increasingly louder and louder about our, um, you know, anti-racism work, um, uh, feminism, uh, you know, uh, environmental issues, you know, like all of these kind of get lumped under to one of my teachers, Daniel Floor, who I recommend everybody check out. He's amazing. Um, he, he uses the term cultural healing. You know, um, we are at a crisis. You know, we are at a, a global crisis. Um, we're at an a you know a time in history where there there is like real um, palpable fear. Uh, you know that our children are going to inherit a world that is unsustainable. Um, you know, uh, and also we're at a time where uh, you know, as someone who has Northern Western European blood lineage, you know, my people, my ancestors. I inherited, you know, 2,000 years of violence um, and trauma from my ancestors. Uh, and, you know, when something, when a pattern like that is repeated over and over and over, it becomes culture, right? So the, the violence that was happening in Europe, the suppression of women's wisdom and power that was happening in Europe, you know, uh, hap was happening at the same time, like, uh, as, like, the, the age of discovery. As like you know, European uh, Europeans were going around and colonizing the rest of the world, right? Kind of bringing that, um, bringing that trauma, bringing that disconnection from each other and from Earth, you know, all around the world. And uh, when you're exposed to trauma over and over again, it gets more and more frozen, and there's a little bit of a, a lot of a kind of a detachment or a numbness. So. Um, you know, as a white woman, you know, in terms of my anti-racism work, or even being able to look at like the grief of what's happening, uh, you know, with the mass extinction that we're going through right now, um, to even be able to start to touch in on opening my heart to that, 
Like, I have to be able to grieve it. I have to be able to feel it. Um, but that's easier said than done because there's this, like, disassociative kind of numbness that I've inherited that actually physically lives in my body. Um, does that make sense? It, it makes make sense. sense. I've never thought about it that way. It, it, it actually makes sense. There's a physiological uh, a, a reason for acting, you know, acting the way we act. It's, it's self-preservation in many ways. Right. Because facing, <laughs> I know this, facing anything challenging or really difficult is painful. And, Sometimes we don't want to go down that route. I think you wrote recently that one of your mentors said every time if you're if you're not you're going through transformation at any given time, and if you are if you don't if you're not, you're just kind of being carried by the through through the motion by someone else, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you know, um, I always kind of say you gotta feel it to heal it, right? Feel it to heal it. That's going to be a quotable. Right, right, yeah. Hashtag feel it to heal it, bumper <laughs> sticker. You know, I mean, it's really cute and succinct and true, um, you know, but as cute and succinct as it is, you know, that's actually really messy work. You it know, is. really heal feeling it takes a lot of willingness, it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of patience um, and, and stamina. You know, it's work. It's work to feel what we've stuffed or what our ancestors have been forced to stuff. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of just like, it's a never-ending process, but the, the, there's, a, there's a little bit of a, um, an arc that can happen, you know, once we start learning to touch in on the edge of trauma, on the edge of what's stuck, on the edge of what we're resistant to, like, you know, my therapist talks about taking little sips, little, take a little sip of the, um, you know, when we start to feel that edge, a little bit of that thaws, and that thawing is, you know, that's energy back into the river, that's energy back into the system, you know, so we're able to, um, you know, we have more of ourselves. we're able to have access to parts of ourselves that we weren't able to, you know, touch in on before. Um, and it's important to do that in a pace at which you can metabolize it. Otherwise, you're going to get into what's commonly referred to as a healing crisis. What is a healing crisis? And tell me what a healer does. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, so my um, my definition of a healer, you know, they're kind of in the healing community, I'll see other people talking about like, oh, I could never be called a healer. I don't want to call myself a healer because, you know, I don't want to be in my ego place. And you know, it's not really about me. And I, you know, I appreciate that sentiment. Um, I think that's important, especially in a culture that, you know, is all about, you know, climbing the ladder and being the best and having a huge ego and having lots of power. And, you know, I think it's important to stay humble. Um, and I have claimed the word healer because my uh, definition of healer is I, my body is fully capable of healing itself. Like, I am a healer in that I can heal myself. I'm healing myself all the time. You know, I get a cut and it heals. Like, I'm a healer. <laughs> um, and when I'm able to honor that in me, I'm able to honor that in others. So I don't heal you. I see that you are capable of healing yourself. And I help, I help point you to ways of knowing or practices or, you know, holding space for you to do that in your own time, do the work. Do, you know, doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, a 
healing crisis to me is something where um, it, the healing just happens faster. Uh, you know, the thought, the, the whatever was stuck in being resi like resisted um, dealing with, uh, that it's almost like it, it thaws or it explodes faster than um, our body, our mind, our, our heart, our energy system uh, can metabolize. So it's like we get overloaded. So a lot of times a healing crisis is, um, you know, a, a healing crisis can happen when we resist, we resist, we resist, we resist, and then suddenly our body's like, actually you haven't been listening to me for a really long time, so now I'm gonna scream at you and we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna get it done and you're gonna have a cry, you know, like uh, you're gonna get really sick, you're gonna have a huge flare, you're gonna have a psychotic break, you're gonna have, you know, just. Mm -hmm. I identify. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're gonna, it's gonna yeah. just, you know, Exploring we're just pain. gonna do it. Yeah. Like, get it. Get her done. Um, healing crises can be really super productive, um, you know, when we zoom out, um, but they're also really unproductive in that it's really hard to be like a functional person in the life that, you know, you were leading at the time. Um, you know, healing crisis typically involves having to really like, um, it forces us to look at what we haven't been looking at. Uh, there's so many women particularly watching this and they want to know how did you get to find your path as a healer and a teacher which I think you are both and such an incredible I think uh, presence in our community what was your journey and how do others give them some permission to find what that is mm -hmm. Ooh, really big question um, <laughs> yeah I you know I'll say like if I if I zoom out and kind of look at like what's collectively happening right now, especially in the world of feminism, um, you know, the Me Too movement, and um, uh, you know, a lot of like anti-racism work that you know I've been tuning into, and kind of women of color, and like how how um, visibility and power is really rising on a lot of fronts. Uh, to me, it feels like there's a, a collective uh, awakening that is happening. Like people are, you know, are getting really activated. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of ancestors coming back and supporting what's happening right now. Um, and so, you know, I would say, you know, everyone who's coming in my door right now is coming in with some, like, you know, I want to align with my purpose. Like, I want to show up. You know, how do I show up? Who am I? Right? Um, there's this idea, you know, like I was a baby in the 80s, so it was like, uh, you know, there was this idea of flying around a lot, like you can be anything you want to be, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and darling, who is that? Right. You know, and the, like while the intention with that sentiment is like really beautiful and it's trying to be empowering, it's like there's a little bit of like a, um, a sticky point there because it's like, you know, it's paralyzing. Right. It's a little overwhelmed, you know, and then also just in really practical ways, like, you know, I can't be in a different body. Yeah. Right? I can't have different skin color. You know, I can't change my family of origin. Um, so I think a more useful question um, or sentiment is not like you can be anyone you want to be. It's all about like, you know, life's about discovering like who you are. True. You know, like who are you? Um, and I think that with women right now, I mean, we've inherited like so much cultural uh, like suppression, um, where so many women just don't really know who 
they are on the inside. Our, uh, you know, what feels more familiar is all the messaging around who you should be. Um, you know, when we're driven by shoulds, that's a really, like, that's a red flag that goes up for me. I mean, there's certain shoulds that I think are good, like, you know, um, you should eat and sleep, or you should, you know, you know, not be a violent person, or, you know, you should pay attention to, you know, uh, the earth. You know, there's certain shoulds, I think, that are good, um, but the shoulds that I'm kind of talking about are like these, uh, the cultural messages that are meant to um, essentially keep women in a box, you know, and that box being, you know, the safe, quiet, uh, not very powerful, you know, just, you know, have kids, you know, be my sex object, you know, I mean, you name it, uh, you know, uh, so like from an energy uh, system standpoint, um, most uh, women are holding some version of a pattern of being pretty numbed out down here, shut down in the lower energy system. So physically this could show up as a lot of um, fertility issues, gut issues, mm -hmm. right? This is very prevalent, mm -hmm. very, very prevalent. Um, a lot of like restlessness in the heart. Um, so, you know, anger, grief, uh, just kind of like ah, here, a lot of closed in the throat, um, you know, fear of speaking what's true, fear of being seen, um, envy, jealousy, competitiveness, mistrust, um, you know, uh, like those kind of symptoms all fall under what I'm starting to call uh, the witch wound. I didn't coin that, um, but uh, just from my own clinical experience, I'm seeing a very um, consistent pattern uh, coming in my door, uh, mostly with female body, feminine gendered people, but not entirely, um, that speaks to this, uh, you know, cultural wound that we have right now, and I, you know, that we've been carrying. And I think that what's happening as a collective is this: that this wound is really coming to the surface, and it's starting to thaw, starting to be um, tended to and healed. So with the Me Too movement, you're seeing a lot of throat opening, right? You're seeing a lot of speaking out. Um, that truth is coming from a power that is starting to be reconnected down here. So a lot of women are going into, you know, um, how do I, how do I uh, change my relationship to my body? You know, how do I change my relationship to my sensuality, my sexuality, my creativity? You know, being able to actually... Uh, create that which I desire. All of that comes from down here. It doesn't come from up here. People, you know, that's that's kind of the mind-body split, you know, that we've inherited in the West. Um, but when we're able to get down in our body, that's where all of our power is. And then being able to bring that up through the passion of the heart, through like a real love of, um, you know, love of this life, love of this world, you know, the beauty of this world. You know, that injustice, you know, that like the anger that's coming up right now, that's love. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's mama bear energy, you know. Um, and being able to actually open the throat and speak that, uh, you know, there's a quickening happening. The more of us that are able to do that and be seen and, and, and uh, you know, that's activating. It's giving permission for others to do that, you know, do that in their in their own world, in their family of origin, in their work.
right now for for those women who are feeling the you know the blocked throat chakra, mm -hmm. like not being able to express themselves, which is so many of us in different areas of our life. Besides coming to see you mm -hmm. and you know really feel what it's like to work with you, what are some of the things that, that they could do to uh, initiate their own healing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know what, what's coming up for me as I'm listening to you is this idea of, of uh, shadow work and, and mirror work. Mm -hmm. um, so you know very briefly, the idea of the shadow. Um, Kind of comes from Jungian psychology, although you know there's cross-cultural ways of understanding the shadow that are different than Jungian psychology. But uh, very briefly, the shadow is thought of as um, anything that's held in the subconscious, anything that was stuck back there, um, so that we could learn to stay safe and survive in this world. So it might be you know your your sensuality, your sense of humor, um, your your voice, right? Um, you know, like all of those things might not have been uh, okay to do in your culture or your family of origin. Um, and so we learn to kind of stuff that part of ourselves and be able to be a functional person in our in our culture. I have a whole laundry list, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this, okay? Yeah, well, you're not alone. I mean, everybody has a shadow. And the, the, the function initially of the shadow is to keep us safe, right? Okay. It's not a bad thing. Um, but, uh, you know, more or less by the time we're young adults, like, you know, in the 20s, or you know, we, we more or less know, like, how to navigate our, at least, culture, right? We know kind of what's acceptable, what's taboo. Um, and so then the process becomes, how do we start to uh, bring out what we stuffed? Because that's all energy. That's all part of ourselves that we're just, we don't have access to. Um, it's creative power, right? It's, it's... Uh, all, it's like lots of magical stuff is back there. You know, there's also some kind of uh, hard, painful stuff that's back there too, right? Um, but that's still important. You know, that's still energy that we could use. Um, and so the work then becomes, you know, how are we able to bring some of that forward again and reintegrate it into who we are on a conscious level, on a, you know, have awareness of that, um, so we become fuller, more powerful beings. Like, how do you know when your shadow is getting poked, and then how do you start to bring out what's there? And that's through um, you know, what's called uh, you know, mirror work. And so the idea is, is that um, you, know, you know your shadow gets poked when you get triggered by something. And a trigger, you know, I define a trigger uh, as uh, you know, some sort of uh, emotional, physical response, you know, mental response to um, potentially that is uh, exaggerated and bigger for whatever the circumstances are. If I may, this is really interesting. I just had an aha moment. So very often, what, what I have noticed, when there are women who are being too risque, or they are walking the edge of their triggering us by showing up in their fullness, mm -hmm. we have an adverse reaction to them. Right. Why is that? Right. right, so... Is it projection? Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's like the... the they are mirroring um, the part of you that doesn't feel safe owning that. Oh, right? like a million light bulbs going off right now. And so to tease this out just a little bit further, there's something um, you know called, if we're working with the mirror, like they are mirroring back something we can't see within ourselves. That mirror might be what's called a clear mirror, or it might be what's called a smoky mirror. 
So clear mirrors are, are reflecting back something within ourselves that we ultimately want to claim, but we're just maybe afraid to claim. Um, so clear mirrors, we tend to have an attraction towards, kind of a pull in. Um, even if we might judge it, um, it tends to show up a lot as jealousy, envy, um, you know, a little bit of judgment, discomfort, but also kind of like I can't stop like looking at you or I, uh, you know, there's that kind of lustful, like a little bit obsessive kind of energy sometimes with clear mirrors. Like for me, when I first got on Instagram, uh, you know, I had like a lot of fragility coming up around my clear mirrors because there's so many women on Instagram that are using that platform to be seen, to allow themselves to be seen and to really like open up their throat chakra through their writing, through like how they're showing up. You know, all these kind of mystical healing women that are uh, breaking taboos and, and kind of really coming out in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of witches, you know, people who were, uh, who I put maybe a few steps down the river, a few steps down the path in terms of being authentic. Uh, you know, I was experiencing um, a lot of envy, uh, you know, jealousy, some kind of like, you know, a little bit of a push-pull. Um, and once I realized, like, well, what would happen if I, uh, you know, posted a naked picture of me in the river talking about my depression, you know, like... Freedom. Right. It's freedom, isn't it? It's super freedom. Not to say that there isn't, like, a vulnerability hangover that comes up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing. Instagram does that for, I would say, one of the greatest gifts for, for us women mm -hmm. has been to come, ag come, come up against that, because we all do, and see it, and then reclaim it in a way that's us. Right. And be visible and allow ourselves to be seen. Right. Well, this part of the wounding, like part of the witch wound is this, like, um, you know, my sister can't be trusted because if she has it, I don't have it. Ah. If she's beautiful and powerful, then I'm not beautiful and powerful. And that's like scarcity mentality, right? right. Um, you know, when I'm fully in my power, I am able to see the beauty and the power of all my sisters. You know, like, I'm able to want to co-create and collaborate, and it's like, we're, we're so much stronger together. You know, we're all kind of coming, we're, we're weaving our, our threads into this beautiful loom, you know. Um, so, you know, that's that clear mirror. So I would say for your listeners, you know, like, if, if you look at my Instagram account or your Instagram account, and you, and, and, and you get, like, a little bit jealous or a little bit, like, um, envious of like, oh wow, like I wish I could do that, but that would be like totally terrifying. Um, that's a clear mirror. That's pointing to that you have that inside of you. And try it on. Try it on. And again, sips, you know, you don't have to post a naked river picture like right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that come, it will come. Uh, but, that, you know, just do, do what feels just outside, like just risky enough where you might have a little bit of like, oh God, why did I say that? You know, but you're able to still um, kind of regulate. You're, you're, you don't totally get like blown over by the vulnerability. So it's it's letting ourselves being pulled by that. I love yeah. the word clear mirror. I never heard that before. And stepping into that. Right. Um, and then the whole vulnerability process, which is really healing in itself. And right. your neighbor not brown and fans, right. the more vulnerable I am, the more vulnerable, even in this conversation, sharing things that I have never shared before. Right. And that feels very like I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me that that's a concept around loving yourself. Tell me about yeah. loving yourself. Yeah. 
well, all of yourself. Right. I mean, it kind of makes me want to like explain a little bit of the smoky mirror too as oh, we yes, come in. Oh yes, we didn't even cover right. it. Right. Because the, the loving yourself part really becomes important oh, when you perfect. deal with smoky mirror yes. parts Thank of you yourself. for reminding me. Yeah. I'm so enthralled. Yeah. Well, because I mean, this is a good like it's kind of a perfect um, other la like layer to weave in when talking about smoky mirrors because smoky mirrors. So whereas clear mirrors like the thing you know. They're, they're mirroring back something that I ultimately want to claim and that I would feel really good about claiming, even if it's a little edgy or scary. Um, smoky mirrors are the things we like do not want to recognize within ourselves. Um, so we have a tendency to like be very averse when we see smoky mirrors. Um, it tends to, there's a lot of judgment there, but it also has like kind of almost like a disgust or like a repulsion. Um, or like a, I could never be that. You know, like a denial or avoidance of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, like a, a, a smoky mirror that I've really worked with a lot over the last couple of years is, you know, in my anti-racism work as a white woman. Um, you know, when I first started following the Black Lives Matter movement in 2012 and like, um, you know, kind of started uh, having uh, what I call like my kind of white awakening or kind of breaking, uh, being able to actually start to see whiteness. Um, you know, I had all of this, you know, white fragility come up, you know, all of the shame, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I'm doing it wrong, like, you know, I'm a good white person, I'm not racist, I grew up in a, you know, liberal, you know, not racist family, and, you know, but the thing is, is like, I'm a, per I'm a white woman in our culture, you know, and we live in a racist culture, it's going to sink in, you know, just like, I'm a woman in a misogynistic culture, I have a certain level of internalized misogyny in me, you know, like body shame or, you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff. Um, for, for me to start to, like for instance, when all the stuff went down in Charlottesville with All Right, I could, um, you know, had I not been already working with my smoky mirror, I could have very easily been like, oh, all those like alt-right racist people, like I'm not like them. Look at how disgusting that behavior is. Blend. You know, that's smoky mirror. Um, but the power of being able to try on, like, okay, what happens if I acknowledge my own internalized racism? You know, like, uh, and and uh, it, you know, it's 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 super powerful because all of that's energy that's been stuck. And and if I'm not able to see my smoky mirrors, the things that I am avoiding looking at, if I'm not able to see that, then I am actually. Um, doing a lot of harm because those are still working on us. You know, just because it's stuck in our subconscious doesn't mean it's not affecting our behavior. So if I'm strongly repulsed by something, disgusted by something, instead of running away from it and just clicking away, to just stay with it for a second mm -hmm. and see what part of it in us might be question or address or look mm -hmm. into. Right, right. Like, you know, the, that question of, you know, what, what happens if I try on that to be true for me? You know, like, for instance, with the racism, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, uh, that took a while to admit that to myself, you know, and it doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me a person in this culture who's calling a thing a thing, like as uh, Leila Saad says in a lot of her uh, work now, uh, you know, um, 
it's being able to honestly look at like what got stuffed back there and ultimately it got stuffed back there to stay safe. So for like, you know, as a white person, you know, being able to understand that I come from, you know, uh, history in Europe where people were super violent to each other for thousands of years and then got really numbed out and desensitized to violence and then brought all of that over to this country, you know? Um, and so part of, uh, working with my anti-racism processes is acknowledging that first. Um, and then, uh, you know, then it's like I have access to that energy. You know, then I can actually use that energy to inform me. And so, um, you know, it's really shifted the way I'm showing up in the world now, you know, in terms of my spiritual practice, in terms of like how I'm trying to uh, run my business you know, how I'm trying to relate to my friends and the earth, you know, I think smoky mirrors, uh, while they're the most uncomfortable to work with, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot of bang for your buck when you're able to have the courage to face that. Um, yeah. So your work is deeply transformative. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, when we think of going to see a healer, you know, and you use very various different modalities, uh, that people can check out, it's, it's really so much deeper than just what's on the surface. Because mm -hmm. on the surface, someone may be feeling restless or full of anxiety or experiencing infertility or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you really want to peel the layers and go um, underneath it all. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. incredible. So what's the, the, the amount of time you work with someone? knowing and respecting that everyone has a time, their own time. Right. Um, yeah, thank you for asking that. You know, uh, I've really shifted away from identifying with like the modalities that I've been trained in. You know, so I have a master's degree in Asian medicine. You know, I'm a nationally board certified health coach, trained through the U. I've taught at the U for about five years, various classes in the Center of Spirituality and Healing. Um, you know, I have training in body work and energy work and, you know, witchcraft, uh, you know, shamanism. Uh, you know, but I, I find it, you know, that doesn't really get it, like, what I do at all. That's just my <laughs> practices. That I, those are like the, that's the, that's, you know, I don't like the word toolkit. It's more like, a, these are the practices. These are my craft. This is the craft that I've honed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really interested, ultimately, on soul alignment work, um, healing trauma. You know, the, the, when we're able to um, touch in on like what's actually happening under the surface, like what's happening under the symptomology of, you know, infertility or anxiety or chronic pain, um, or, or you know, repeating patterns in relationships or work, or, you know, when we're able to start to like get under that kind of, you know, we go from the branches, the symptoms, you know, down through the trunk, down into the roots, when we're able to um, see what's happening on a root level and work on that root level, everything else shifts, you know? So it's kind of like that experience of like, if you've been trying to like get it, you know, like if you've been going to acupuncture to, for your headache for like six months and you still have a headache, like there's something else going on there, you know? Like um, if you have like a relationship pattern, you know, that you keep playing out in this relationship and that relationship and this, you know, there's something else underneath that. Um, and these surface branch symptoms like aren't, you might get a little relief, but it's going to come back unless you actually shift the deeper pattern. I love that. I think that there had, something is changing, and that physical ailment or disease of any kind mm -hmm. 
is really a still, you know, spiritual ailment. It's like there's something underneath. And this is, I've never, I've never in my life heard it uh, defined so beautifully and eloquently that if something is really showing up, it's not just the body acting out, you know, sometimes yes, out of environment, but very often it's an emotional trauma or sensitivity or something that's coming up, right? Oh, totally. Uh, you know, and, and we have this uh, conditioning in our, you know, reductionistic Western culture that is all about, you know, that kind of use the body as a machine and, you know, it, it gets broken and then you fix it. And so there's also this kind of implied you know, belief system that we've all inherited about like, well, if I have this pain, something's wrong with me, right? Um, versus like, well, maybe I'm having this uh, symptom come up right now, be it pain or, you know, something more chronic or even just something like getting a cold or a flu or like a parasite infection or something like that, you know, that, uh, you know, how is my body speaking to me right now to actually help me, you know, actually help raise in my awareness some like deeper pattern of disharmony that's living in my energy field, that's living in my, you know, ancestral line, um, you know, and, and, and how can I not turn against myself, you know? How, how can I say, thank you, body, thank you for speaking to me, you know? Thank you for, like, continuing to speak to me all these years so loudly, uh, I'm listening now. Instead of hating. Right. Mm -hmm. And inflicting words upon me. Right. Who should come see you, Portia? <laughs> Anybody who's kind of leaning in right now. Anybody who's kind of going like, ooh. Um, and maybe even some of those who are kind of leaning in and then going like, <laughs> You know, um, I would say, uh, you know, I'm really calling in a lot of people who are feeling a resonance with the word witch. Um, even if you're not totally comfortable with it, if you're curious of what that means. Um, I am. I was. One of my biggest things is being in a conversation, like, you define what that is. Right. Okay. Right. So. Um, you know, I can help you work with that. I can help you kind of claim that. Even if that's not the word that you choose, kind of, I can help you um, step into power around that process. Um, I really love working with people who have, um, you know, long-standing patterns that you're ready to break. So that might be a pattern that's held in the body, you know, chronic uh, pain or some physical condition. It might be, uh, you know, a mental emotional pattern, long-standing anxiety, depression, you know, that, that kind of thing. I, I'm interested in, like, the, the root work. And so if, if you're someone who's really, really wanting to get underneath, you know, like what's, um, like, kind of where you've been stuck, uh, you know, I can really help you. and uh, it takes time. Uh, I would die a happy little woman if I knew that, you know, my children, uh, you know, were heart-centered and able to really um, show up and contribute to the world, to the healing of the planet. I'd be a really happy old woman to know that everybody who came into my sphere felt cared for and felt loved, um, you know, and that I helped, uh, Give permission to everyone who is trying to, you know, open their throat chakra and and claim their sensuality and their creative power. Um, you know, I it doesn't need to be like anything grandiose. I would just be happy to know that um, that I uh, in, that I helped kind of call call out more healers and teachers and, uh, and powerful people in the world. Are willing to um, 
really show up at this time in our history. Please come in and see me. I work one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, follow Tall Reads Healing Arts. There's lots of classes um, and opportunities to, to connect um, that I facilitate. Other people in the space facilitate too. Um, for those of you who might not be in Minneapolis or even those of you who are, I'm going to be offering um, an online program, a virtual program. I'm very excited about it. It's the first time I've created something like this. It's been cooking for a really long time and I get to bring all of the stuff that I love into it, but it's called Tending the Witch Wound. It's a big one. Uh, it's going to be a year-long program that's divided into four subclasses. You can take them all apart so you don't have to commit to the whole year, but there is an arc to the program. And it's all about describing, you know, what is the witch wound? We've talked a lot about that today. Um, and then how to rebuild kind of ourselves from the roots up. So the fall one is all about, you know, kind of reconnecting, releasing, ancestral healing, grief work. Winter one's all about kind of this part of the body, putting in power, uh, restoring. The, the spring one's all about coming up through the throat and heart and bringing ourselves out to the world authentically. And then the summer one is kind of coming up into these energy centers and really branching out into the community, um, really thinking about the collective. So it's going to be super, super juicy. Um, and you can find out more information, I'm sure, below. Uh, so that's enough. Thank you enough. Thank I you. have had. So many aha moments. I conversation went in a completely different direction than what I intended, and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I am. Um, I feel a little bit more uh, introspective, and I'm actually so, 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 so excited about people to hear this particular conversation. It's completely different than what I've done before, and I think there are people who are going to really, really, truly be deeply moved by some of the thoughts. Nothing thank, so. thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for the opportunity <laughs> to speak my truth and to speak, you know, who I am and, and share that and be seen. You know, it's, I'm on an edge too, always with this work. So thank you for the opportunity. Truly my pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.